0: church. Well, church, this week we have a special guest speaker with us. Amen. We have Karen Jensen Salisbury is here with us. I know I'm excited. She's been here a few times now. Yeah, I don't remember exactly how much, but a good amount of times. And each time it's an extremely powerful in-season word for our church. Amen. And Karen Jensen Salisbury, she's an author, a speaker, and a teacher. You'll see there's, there's uh, books out there when you can see on your way out. Um, she and her first husband, Brent, they traveled as itinerant ministers and, and also pioneered two churches in the Northwest. And in 1997, upon uh, Brent's unexpected death, she became the senior pastor of their church in Boise, Idaho. And she raised um, their sons there and through their teenage years into becoming young men on fire for God, Amen. And now she is an instructor at Rhema Bible Training College in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And in March 2014, she married Bob Salisbury, and she's also on a radio talk show host on the Oasis Network Roadshow and co-host of the weekly podcast Elevate the Day with Jennifer Cavellish. Again, you know, I know I'm always blessed each time she's here. It's always a very in-season word for our church. So let's give a New Beginnings welcome to Karen Jensen (laughs) Salisbury.
1: Good evening everyone. It's so nice to be back in New Jersey. I remember the very first time I ever came to New Jersey was to come and see y'all. So I was, I'm glad to be back again. I've, I've written a couple new books I think since I was here last. Be sure to visit my table. One is called Closer Than You Ever Imagined, which do you know that God wants to be close to you? I mean think about how amazing that is. I think about it all the time. The creator of the universe he wants you, he gives you all access to himself. The the answer to every question, you know, the wisdom of the ages, and we have access to that. And you know, lots of people say to me, Karen, I want what you have. I want to be close to God like you are. And I'm like, well, you already have what I have if you're in Christ, you know, and some people just don't know. So I wrote a book about it so that people could get closer and closer and closer. You know, I like I like manuals, right? Here's a manual for living. Here's a, here's a, here's a help, an instruction booklet for you, right? Aren't you glad life comes with an instruction manual, right? Praise God for that. And, and then my, um, pastor mentioned a, um, I do a co-host uh, a podcast with a co-host Jennifer Cavillo, and she and I wrote a new devotional, 365 day devotional, and there's a special on that. So be sure to avail yourself to that. But um, it's real great to be here. And when I I, I did go back to teaching at Rama I taught there, and then I got married, and I moved to Minnesota with my husband, and he retired, so we moved back to Tulsa, and now I'm teaching again. <laughs> if you followed that crazy life cycle there. And, um, and so uh, I, pay, I preached at Winter Bible Seminar at Rama this past year, and I taught about words. There's power in your words. And I got a call that said, Pastor Joe wants you to come up here and teach that. So guess what we're talking about tonight? We're talking about words. I want to start in Hebrews chapter 11, and you know these verses. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were made of things which are not visible. Things which we cannot, made out of something we cannot see. Everything you see was made out of something that we can't see. We can't see words. But by faith we understand that the words God spoke brought this universe into being. So there's some sort of power happening that you can't see that brings things into the physical realm. And those things are words. And the amazing thing is God gave us the same power in our words. So by fa- uh, let me read it to you from the good news. I have it right down here. It is by faith that we understand that the universe was created by God's word, so that what can be seen was made out of what cannot be seen so I want you to think about your life for a minute what right now cannot be seen in your life maybe you're believing for healing and it can't be seen yet maybe you're believing for more money to do whatever pay bills or start a business or do whatever and it can't be seen yet maybe you're believing for restoration in relationships or maybe you're believing for peace in your heart and it can't be seen yet right? But the Bible says that, that those things are created by something that can't be seen yet, and those are our words. And the other thing you need to know while you're believing for those things is that God has already provided them for us in Christ. We are sing- I love the song that we sang. You know, we're, we're coming from the victory. We're not praying for the victory. We're coming from the victory. Believing by God's word, by faith, that we have it. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And this is the proof that, you know, we've already been given everything. Sometimes, I think when we seek God, we're saying, you know, God, please give me. God, please give me healing. God, please give me provision. God, please give me peace. But he wants you to know you already have that in Christ Jesus. That's a whole different way of approaching him. Instead of please give me, it's like, Father, I read in your word which created that, the things I can't see, the, the, you know, the things that I can't see yet. You said I have it. So thank you for it. I'm going to soak my spirit in your word until it becomes more real than what I am seeing. See, we're, you know, we, we know that about faith, and yet we're very much attached to this world. Now, this world, of course, has a curse on it. You're redeemed, but the earth is not. We live in a world where Satan is the king, right? Right? He is the God of this world. And we have to have our physical senses to exist on this planet. So, you know, taste, smell, see, touch, feel, hear, all those things. But we are so associated with those things because we live here, that if we don't fill our spirit with what God has said and things we can't see yet, we really do just believe what we can see and feel and hear and taste and smell. That's what you do naturally. It takes supernatural effort, spiritual effort, if you will, to put more of this, we call it renewing your mind, more of this in your heart and mind so that this seems more true before you can see it. That's what faith is, the substance of things you hope for, the evidence, the evidence of the thing you can't see yet. Right? And so in Ephesians chapter. 3 and verse 1. I'm sorry chapter 1 verse 3 had it backwards there It says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Maybe I should read it there who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. How many? I mean, you know and people will say well, that's just spiritual stuff No, when God talks about spiritual blessings, he's talking about everything you need to live a life of victory on this planet Do you know he looked down through all of time? and saw you and me and said, yeah, they're the ones I want on the planet in the last days. I don't even know if I would have chose me. You know what I mean? But he knows. And so that means he has equipped you and filled you with everything you need to be the victory. You know, this is a side note, but you know how people say, Kids today are going through so much more than we ever had to go through. And when people say things like that, don't you just want to just shout hallelujah? No, you want to jump in bed and pull up the covers and hide, right? I just, I hate sayings like that because they make it sound like God is surprised by what's going on. I'm telling you, God has never said, whoa, didn't see that coming. Never. Never. He has equipped your kids and you to be born on the planet at the exact time that you and they have been born on the planet. And he has equipped you and given you everything you need to live in victory. So don't, you know, I always tell my students at Raymond: any sentence that begins or ends with (laughs) is bad. And how many know it's easy to feel sorry for ourselves? And if you listen to the news and you read the media going on now, it's all like, poor us. It's worse than it's ever been. Things are so terrible. We're going down. That's not what this says. And again, you picked for the last days. You can believe this and come out with the victory because you've been given, oh, my scripture in a way. We're still in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing, which leads to every natural blessing. Okay? Every blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So you already have it. Everybody say, I already have it. it. I'm I'm totally blessed. And then look with me in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Oh, yep. Chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things. How many things? That pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. And he's called you to glory and virtue. So the more you know him, the more you know what he has said, because remember, what he said created everything that you see and so we need to know more about what he said and less about what we feel like right I mean he has given you every promise every answer by which he's given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature he put his very nature on the inside of us which is amazing You know, when you said yes to Jesus, he gave you the whole load. I think that's amazing. I don't know. I might have tried you out for a while. You know, giving you a little bit of blessings and see how you did with them. And then if you did good, maybe give you more, right? That's how we humans do it. (laughs) That is not how God did it. He gave you the whole entire load that you would need of blessings and power. You know, tiny little baby Christian can operate these principles and they work tiny little baby Christian can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover you know what I mean and so you have the whole load you have every spiritual blessing everything you'll ever need already belongs to you we're not praying for the victory we're praying from the victory see that's different than a lot of Christians are operating they're still begging God you know and we don't have to because we have the proof. Jesus gave us everything we'll ever need. So how do we get everything? Because I don't know about you, but some, sometimes being a Christian is a little frustrating if you see something in the word healing, provision, peace, and you ain't got it. Right? You're like, well, I've been believing God and I just don't have it. <laughs> Remember. Those kinds of sentences aren't getting you where you want to go, but it is a little frustrating to know it's possible and yet it's not working in my life. So how do we get it to work in our life? The same way that God made things not seen into things that are seen, what did he do? Words, words. And the words of this world that we live in every day are, not, are words that are getting you not what you want. Words that you may think are funny, words that you may feel like, well, I just tell it like it is. Well, stop that. Let's start telling it like God says it is. You know, sometimes I teach on this and I'm talking with somebody in the lobby afterwards and they're all, and they just barf on me. And I'm like, did you hear anything I said? We have to, we really have to redo our speaking. And we know this stuff about words. We know words are powerful. And yet sometimes we are using our power for evil and not for good. We're telling it like it is. We're telling it how we feel. We're telling it like the world says it. we got to watch ourselves. Now, I don't mean become the confession police or anything, you know, especially at your house you'll get, you know, hit with a rolling pin. But I'm just saying... We really need to understand the power and the principles that God has given us. So we receive everything he's given us by faith. But James chapter 2 says three different times, faith without works is dead. Right? And, and he's not talking about working your way into the blessings, working for the blessings, because I'm telling you, you already got them. Too late. There's no working to get those. You didn't get them because you're good. You got them because he's good. See, see, religion will tell you, and even the world will tell you, if you do good, then you get good. But, but Christians, listen, we get good because he's good. And you have to just believe that. Because the devil's right there to tell you how bad you are and how you've goofed up and why this won't work for you and you didn't do enough of that and you're not enough of this and you're never enough and it's not enough and you didn't, you know, you didn't read the Bible for 16 hours straight and pray in the Spirit and come to church every time the doors are open. Therefore, you don't deserve the blessing. Too late. It already belongs to you in Christ. It already belongs to you because He's good. This is not based on your good works, but. Faith without works, and a better way of saying that is corresponding action or acting like the word is true. Faith without acting like the word is true is not faith at all. It won't get you anywhere. And you guys got to remember this about faith. I heard somebody say this the other day. I knew more about faith than I did about Jesus. And I thought, yikes, that's kind of yucky. I have faith in Jesus, faith in God. This faith is something that my father has said, right? And we receive these blessings by faith, but if we don't act like we believe them, faith without correspondent action, then our faith is dead. And that's not bad news, that's good news, okay? That means what would a person do who believed that this is true? You may have heard it it, said like, you believe God for healing, and then you ask yourself, what would a healed person do? Get up. Put your clothes on. Act healed. I'm not talking about being stupid, you understand. But, man, so many times I've had to walk these, those things like that out. Act like what God is saying is more true than how I feel or how it looks. Sometimes we're waiting for God to do something and then we'll believe it. You know what, that's not faith. Faith is believing something you can't see yet. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you can't see yet. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word because this is what God said, this is his words. Remember we just read in Hebrews, by faith we understand that the words of God created everything we see. So by faith we have to understand that his word promises us, and if his word says it, it's ours. I have it. I have it now. But how may know, then the pressure comes from the outside. The symptoms come, or the lack comes, or the bill collectors call, or the, the, the relationship is that you see the person acting the same way they've always acted, and you have a choice. Believe that, or believe this. Right? Corresponding action. Act like the word is true. Act like the word is true. And sometimes you have to have help from the Holy Ghost. Okay, Lord, I'm believing you for this. What would this person do? What does that look like? You know, picture yourself. I heard one minister say, you got to see it before you can see it. Right? Picture yourself well getting up and going on. And that's you know, if you've had a disease or an infirmity for a long time, how many know that kind of becomes your identity? You've made room for it in in your life. It's it's who you are. You've got to change that inner image and believe what God says about you. Jesus hung on the cross and took that infirmity and bore that sickness, and by his stripes you are healed. You were healed, so you are healed. What does a healed person do? And some of us got to try that on for a while. What does a prosperous person do? What does a peaceful person do? What does a person do who has all the relationships, you know, firing on all pistons? Whatever it is you're believing for, picture it. You know, maybe you have an estranged loved one. Picture that person coming over for Thanksgiving turkey and sitting right there and eating it with you. Right? Right? Because, again, we're creating something that can't be seen yet from our words. But then see, what happens is somebody asks you, well, how so-and-so? Maybe the one you're believing for. Well, you know, the other day I heard that they were this and that, and then I haven't even heard them. Right? You know, I'm leaving town after this, so if I made you mad, it's okay. Yeah, we gotta watch. See, the way we release this picture that we have of things going the way God said they would is right. I believe they're doing better and better every day. Our relationship is restored in Jesus' name. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Right? How are you feeling today? Well, the doctor said, and this said, and I'm really feeling like this, and I know somebody else who has this disease, and oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. and then I Googled it and oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. You know, we research our sickness more than we research our covenant. Just keep smiling and nobody will know it's you. And you know what? You can just change and just do it different from now on. Right? And then say, next time somebody says, how do you feel? Doesn't matter. Healing, I always tell my husband, healing has nothing to do with feeling. Thanks for asking, but <laughs> it doesn't matter how I feel. Because Jesus himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And you know what he's doing in there? Quickening my mortal body, bringing to life every cell. I am healed. Right? It takes some effort, doesn't it? It takes some spiritual effort to say what this says instead of what you can see. It does. It takes effort. But the more time you spend here the more real it seems to pretty much, that's the picture in your mind. Because faith without works, without acting like the word is true, is dead. So we have to act like we believe the word. Again, we're not earning and deserving anything because it's too late, he's already given you everything. We're not that, not that kind of works. We're talking about works that agree with what the word says. I have it now because God promised. I walk by faith and not by sight. That's what 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says. I walk by faith. I walk by what God says, not by sight. And, you know, we all know that scripture. Yes, amen, hallelujah. I walk by faith and not by sight. But we're humans. We live on the planet. It's really easy to believe the symptoms of sickness, lack, fear, whatever. It's really easy to be afraid in today's world. Just remember, God has seen all the way down to the end, and you were here. <laughs> you know what I mean? He put you here on purpose. I always tell people, you know, all the stuff that's happening in the earth, the end is here. Don't be scared. This is actually what it's supposed to look like. Don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid. You're equipped. You're on the victory side. You're, you, know, you know the only reason that you stayed here on the planet? When you got born again, your, your home changed from here to heaven. Aren't you glad? There's a place for you. We're on our way somewhere good. I just can't even believe, imagine living in this world today without knowing where I was going. That'd be scary. But why then since you're you know you're, you you don't actually belong here anymore you're an alien here you're an alien on this planet look at your neighbor and say i knew it <laughs> see you're an alien on this planet so why let me ask you this why didn't we when we water baptized you just hold you under a little bit longer and send you off to your new home but instead, we raised you up in the newness of life, full of God's power for really one reason, and that is to shine the light to a lost and dying world. Do not get distracted in the last days by all the scary stuff and all the scary stuff in your life. And you know what? That's why the devil gives lack and, takes and gives sickness and all that stuff, to distract you from the one thing you're still doing here is to tell everybody about Jesus. That's the whole reason you stayed. Because you don't even belong here anymore. But like Jesus, who came down here, he came for us. And that's why you stay. It's for all the people in your realm of influence that you are telling about Jesus. And don't be scared to tell people about Jesus. You don't have to know 487 scriptures. Just tell them your experience with him. Because they can't refute that. And that's the good news, right? Okay, so the best corresponding action... Right, Faith without works is dead. The best corresponding action is words. And that's why I'm a huge confession girl. I've written all sorts of confessions down because that helps me to take hold of what the word says belongs to me and make sure that what's coming out of my mouth is what God says. Faith is voice activated. Faith is your voice activated, okay? Don't be looking for somebody else to say it for you. You know, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, It says, and verse 2 actually says, uh, oh, good, look at that. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We don't know how long he did that, but it was a while. And then God said, let there be light. And what happened? Yeah, so from something that didn't exist came into existence because of his words and you have his words between two pages most of us have more than one of them at our house and sometimes we treat it like a book and that's not what it is it's his promises it's it's how to create things that don't exist yet right with his words and I want you to note he set a change in motion with his words are there any changes you'd like to set in motion in your life would you like to set some change in relationships, in, in healing, in finances, in your divine destiny? Are there some things you'd like to change? You set them in motion by your words, by your words. You are that powerful. I want you to know you are not a victim. So we will not begin or end any more sentences. With <laughs> we will take hold of what God says and begin to say it and understand that these words are framing our world, just like God used his words to frame his world. In the midst of darkness, he called for something that didn't exist yet. And some of us are in the midst of darkness today. It's easy to shout at the darkness, hit at the darkness, talk about the darkness. Instead, we should speak Into the darkness, what we want, what God says belongs to us. In the midst of darkness, he spoke light and light bead. So we need to take hold of those same things and speak them in our life. Notice, nothing happened until words were spoken. You know, I know we've all come up against time where we think nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. nothing is, And the devil's right there to help you. Nothing is happening. If you were a good Christian, something would happen. Right? <laughs> liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire forever. <laughs> you remind him that he's on his way where he's on his way to, where you're on your way to, and what this says about you. We we can we have to use our words. We, first of all, we have to use our words to tell others about Jesus. Uh, there's no angels don't tell other people about Jesus. We do. It's our job, and God's empowered us to do it. Right? A, a, we, revival will not happen with us without us telling people about Jesus. You know, words. We got to call for words over our young people, over our nation. Speak life over them. Speak life into your life. We've got to use our words. And then we've also got to use them for our own life. You know, first of all, revival starts with us. Did you know that? It starts with us. And and we also have to speak over our bodies, over our finances, any kind of thing that needs to be changed in our life. We have to speak over them. You know, I wrote down here something that Brother Hagin used to say over his children. I say over them that they will grow up strong physically without sickness and without disease. They will be alert mentally and stalwart spiritually. Children are products of words. I have a devotional that I—it's for sale back there, too, or you can get it on my website, where I've written out a scripture and a confession for parents to say over their children. And, you know, I wrote it out because some days you can't think of a single thing to say about your children. Maybe I was the only one. But anyway, and, and some days I would read just one, and some days I'd read the whole book because some days when you're a mom, you got to have the word, <laughs> right? But I'm telling you, when we speak our words of life over our children, they turn out the way God wants them to, right? And so, you know, we got to use the power. we got to understand the power of our words and change some of the ones we've been saying. Ask yourself, what have I been saying about that? And this is, not, this is a no-guilt message, okay? If you've been saying the wrong thing, just say, Lord, I'm sorry, I've been saying the wrong thing, but tonight I'm going to start saying the right. And if you're like me, write it down, because maybe God will give you a great confession. I like to get a sentence, you know, that just sets me on fire every time I say it. And I write it down, and I say it and again and again, because I'm telling you, God wants us to stand up and use this power. Use it for good. You know, we say things, we say things like, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. You know, I can't do it. This is driving me crazy. Stop saying that. Stop saying that, you know. Well, the doctor says, well, this is what it says. It looks bad. Use your power for Good and not for evil don't be hung by the tongue you know in ephesians chapter 6 i'm not going to read it all but you know about the the armor of god the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness the loins girt about with truth the feet shod with the preparation of gospel peace this the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god it actually says that in the bible the sword of the spirit which is the word of god in case you wondered what that part was, and if you notice that all of those pieces of armor are defensive except one, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and you know, you can't see the devil, and you can't see the trouble in your life, but man, when you, when you speak the word, you are swinging the sword. That's how you chop the head off the devil. That's how you do it. And, and some of us are just keeping, every Christian has one, but they've just got it in the sheath. And all it's doing is bumping up against their leg. <laughs> you got to take it out and swing it. What does that mean? Speak it. Say it. Say what God says about you. Don't leave it in the sheath. You know, my, my pastor says, don't face the devil with your mouth closed. And how many know sometimes when you know what you should be saying and you're not, then your mouth gets heavy? I know. I should be confessing the word. Well, do it. I'm telling you, four or five confessions and you feel better. We're going to do some at the end, I promise. And we're supposed to, you know, Mark 11:23 says we can have what we say, right? Speak to the mountain and he shall have whatever he says. Don't, you know, everybody's mountain is talking to them. I mean, it just naturally is. So you talk back to it. Pain, you get out of my body now in Jesus' name. You speak to the mountain. Don't let your mountain talk about how big it is. You tell your mountain how big your God is, what the word says about it, right? Proverbs eighteen twenty one says death and life are right here. And not my tongue, your tongue. You know what I mean? Death and life for your life are in the power of your tongue. We're always like, please pray for me. Please help me. Can somebody help me? Yes, and power of agreement and prayer is good, and thank God we have each other, you know? No, None of us were meant to do life alone. But still, your life's victory comes from your tongue speaking what God says. Death and life right here. You are not a victim. You got death and life right here. And you know that Romans 4.17 says to call those things that be not as though they were. That's how they, Romans chapter 4 is God talking about Abraham. And he says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist yet as though they did. What doesn't exist yet in your life? Healing, prosperity, peace, your loved one. Call it as though it were. I'll give you just a tiny example. When my children were little, they were messy And I used to say, you guys are so messy. Oh, my gosh. I told you to clean your room, and it looks worse than when when you started. Man, you're making such a mess everywhere you go. And God said to me one day, "Has that been working for you, Karen? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're calling them messy all the time. You're saying what you have. The Bible says call for those things that you don't have. And I said, okay. So I started calling them tidy. There was no sign of tidiness. Okay? You have to keep that in mind. We say before we see. We're calling for what we want, not what we see. And they just got tidier and tighter. It's a long story, but just so that that's just an example, you know. In fact, I'll give you a couple other examples from my life about speaking. When, when my, my first husband and I started our first church, I was the piano player and 20 other things, of course. And um, <laughs> I had bronchitis. I actually got bronchitis for two years. I had it for two years. I went to the doctor, I took the antibiotics, I did all the things, and all I did was cough, cough, cough. I'd play the piano and my music was uh, in front of me on little sheets of paper and I'd cough. (coughs) And all the music would go on the ground and there I was trying to play. It was awful. You know, and I practically hacked up a lung every other day. And, and, and nobody, nobody likes to be around someone coughing, for one thing. And I didn't like it either. And, and I went to the doctor finally after a couple of, of, of years, literally, and he finally said, Karen, you know, you've had this for so long that every time a cold comes by, you're going to get it in your lungs. Your lungs have been weakened. And so it's gonna got to be a thing for you for the rest of your life. And when I heard him say that, I went, oh, no, we're not doing that lightning fast mind, right? I finally realized this is a spiritual problem. You don't have to take as long as me to realize these things, okay? And so I went home and I made a cassette tape. Anybody know what those are? Anybody, anybody? It's a while ago. Um, So I wrote out scriptures and I wrote out confessions and and I put them on cassette tape and I left a space on the tape for me to say it. See, I had two babies in diapers. And I was the music person, the children's ministry person, the, the marketing person, and the money person for our I mean, I didn't have time to sit and read the Bible a lot. Can anybody identify, right? So I made this tape where I'm listening to a scripture, I'm listening to myself, and then I leave a space for me to say it back while I'm running amok at my house, right? I listened to it over and over. Long story short, I got healed of bronchitis, and, and I never got it again my lungs were not weakened. I spoke the word until I saw the result. And even during that time, my littlest son was just learning to pull himself up on things. So I'm full of the word, full of the word on healing, full of the word on healing, full of, I mean, sometimes you guys, drastic times call for drastic measures. You gotta turn other stuff off and you gotta focus in and be speaking the word. And so anyway, he pulls himself, we heated our kitchen by opening the oven and my little son pulls himself up on the oven door and reaches in that shiny, uh, that red thing that goes along the bottom and grabs it with his hand. I turned to see him just grab it with his hand. And I just ran over there, grabbed his hand like this, didn't even look at it, and started speaking the word. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and he's, and he's quickened in our mortal body. And Jesus himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and by his stripes. I mean, I just spoke the word, spoke the word, spoke the word because it was in me big. Now, we've all had seasons where it's in us big, and not so big. Right? So no guilt, right? But the reason this happened is after, so maybe after two or three words, I didn't call the prayer chain. I didn't put his hand in water. I didn't take him to the emergency room. I didn't, I didn't look at it. I grabbed it and started speaking the word because it was in me big. This is a hooray for the word story. You know what I mean? And we've all had times where the word is in us more than others, right? And, and after about two minutes, I opened up his little hand, and there was a, a, a black line here and a black line here, and I went, and it just fell off, and his skin was perfectly fine underneath. Because the word works. And I, at that time, was so full of it, I just believed it. You know what I mean? I wasn't scared, didn't have to stop and wonder what to do. It just came out. Kamino is if you put it in, 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 it's going to come out. And all of us know we need to probably be a little more diligent, you know. The good news is today we don't have any excuse. I mean, you can have the word going in your house. It's on your phone. You know, the Bible app will just read it to you if you want. <laughs> you can have it going all the time because that's, what, that's where the power is. That's where the promises are, right? Another story. Um, When my children were little, uh, we were so broke we couldn't afford to pay attention. And um, I grew up in a family where my parents paid for me to go to college. And so when I had kids, I just said, well, of course, we'll pay for them to go to college, and here we are so broke we can't pay attention, right? So I started saying, when they're very tiny, college is paid in full. And that was it. There was no money involved in this, okay? (laughs) That was just, that was my entire college savings plan. College is paid in full, right? And um, so they grew up, and, and, you know, as the story goes, my, my first husband died when they were 12 and 13 years old, and people gave some money into a fund for them. So, And then we moved to Oklahoma, and I went to work at ORU, where you get tuition benefits. Hallelujah. So some of that money paid for the first couple years, and then tuition benefits paid for the rest of the years, and there I was, by myself, putting two boys through private university. Only God can do that, right? But as my, so my first son was done, and my second son was halfway through when I got a call from Rama. Hey, you want to come over here and teach? And I'm like, oh, yeah. So I quit there at ORU. So so did the tuition benefits, right? So I go to work at Rama, and I took out a loan, okay? So and I'm paying on the loan and all that. And one day I'm writing out a check for this loan, and the Lord says to me, why did you stop saying college is paid in full? I'm like, why did I? So I started saying it again. Anytime I thought about the loan, anytime I'm writing out a check for the loan, thank you, Laura, college is paid in full. Well, at this time also, I had I was looking for new life insurance because I'd reached a certain age where they hike your premiums, and so I'm looking for new life insurance, so I'm putting feelers out there. So one day, I get this... this big envelope in the mail from a life insurance company, which I probably would have thrown away as junk mail, except I was looking for life insurance. Hallelujah. And I open it up, and it says, Mrs. Jensen, we noticed that your husband died. Okay, this is 16 years after he has died. I'm like, whew, these people are on it. And so I thought, is this a scam, you know, are they trying to get a dead person's social security number? Because they said, if you fill out this form and send us a death certificate, we'll send you your benefit. I'm like, who in the world are you, right? But I looked them up, and they were a branch of all so I thought, what the heck, you know, so I did it. And, you know, if you if you've ever had anybody die, you know the death certificates are, you know, the magic paper. You can't get anything to happen without the magic paper. And I thought, what are the chances after 16 years of me still having an original death certificate in my file and trying to get one 16 years later? But I go in my file and there was one left. So I sent it. Okay. So days go by, days go by. And then pretty soon... A few weeks go by, and I get another letter. I'm getting letters from insurance companies all the time, right? I get another one, it's about this big. I open it up, it's a check for $33,000. And I thought, is this real? You know, I'm holding it up to the light, checking to see if it's one of those publishers' clearinghouse things or something. I actually put it in my account and waited. A month before I did anything because I didn't want them to call and say, this is not real, right? It was absolutely real. Paid off the whole college loan, invested some of it, bought myself some stuff. And I am convinced that if I hadn't started speaking again, that wherever this notification came from, actually later I was telling the story because I really didn't know where it came from and I didn't want to call them and ask. I didn't want them to change their mind, Right. (laughs) But somebody said, was your husband ever a part of a union? And I said, yeah, for a little while he was in the grocery union in Oregon. And so that's probably where it came from. But it was obviously at the bottom of somebody's pile or the back of somebody's file for 16 years. I am absolutely convinced if I had not begun saying what I wanted, thankfully the Lord reminded me, doesn't it make you wonder what you could be saying? What you could be framing with your words, right? Praise God. So I, you know, I, I just want to close by declaring some things. I want to help you guys out. So stand up. We're gonna say some things, okay? Say this with me. All my needs are met, All my needs are met. according to God's riches and glory. I always have more than enough. I claim the amount I need. Satan, take your hands off my money. money. Angels, go and bring the money. And And I'm the heel of the Lord. Lord. Sickness, you go in Jesus' name. name. Pain, you go in Jesus' name. name. I I talk to my body parts. Lungs, you be clear and whole and healed. Heart, you be healed in Jesus name. name. Joints and bones, you operate perfectly. perfectly. Ears, you hear perfectly. perfectly. Eyes, you see perfectly. perfectly. Heart, you pump with the life of God. God. Pain, you leave leave my body now in Jesus name. My relationships are filled with peace. Strife, I bind you, you. and you leave now in Jesus' name. I forgive anyone who's done me wrong. I I bind a spirit of division. I I declare that my loved ones and I I I walk in love. love. I refuse to fret or worry about anything. I cast every care on the Lord. I have the peace that passes all understanding. I have the the victory in Jesus' name. name. All right, and give him praise. Hallelujah.
0: (laughs) Amen. You can go ahead and, and take a seat. Such a powerful, powerful message. Amen. Our words are important. And you know, church, whenever we have um, a guest speaker come and pour into us what God has given them or or to to speak to us as a church, we'd like to give you the opportunity to to sow into their ministry. Amen? Amen. It's good ground to sow into. So if you would like to give to Karen Jensen Salisbury and her ministry, which has blessed us tonight, amen, and blesses others as well. You can go ahead and grab an offering envelope in the seat back in front of you, and you could fill that out and write GS on it, um, so we know it's for the guest speaker on the envelope. Just write GS, and if you're writing a checkout, you can write it out to New Beginnings Church, and w- at the end of the weekend, we take all the checks, all the money, we write one checkout, and uh, you can give online as well. If it's just a drop down, just hit guest speaker when you go to give. Amen. So let's go ahead and let's pray for this offering. Pray, let's pray that it would be a, a blessing. Amen. Father, we just thank you. We thank you so much, Father, for this weekend that Karen was able to be here in this time, in this moment, to speak this message to us, Father. I pray we would take it to heart, and most importantly, Lord, put it into action, Father, and begin to see those changes in our life, Father. And pray, Father, that you would bless this offering, Lord, we thank you that as we give and we sow into this good ground, Lord, we go with her. When she goes to minister in other places, we go, we play a part in that, Father. So we just ask you, Father, to bless this this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive that offering. Church, don't forget, too, when we're dismissed in just, in just a minute or two um, on your way out as well. There is a product table out there, like she was saying. She has some books, a devotional out there. Make sure you check that out on your way out. You'll see it as, be on your right. There's a, a product table there. Amen. And if you are here tonight, and maybe this was the first time that you heard about this God that loves you so much, He sent Jesus Christ, His one and only Son, to die for our sins. Amen. And He's given us the Word of God. You know, that's the amazing thing. That God didn't leave us here with nothing when Jesus went back to heaven. First and foremost, he's given us the Holy Spirit. When we become a child of God, we're sealed with the Spirit. But he's also given us his word, his covenant. His word is alive. Amen. We need to know his word. It's so important. But if this is the first time that you've heard that there is a Savior that died for you, and you realize that you cannot do this life alone, and if you have, not, have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, when we're dismissed in a minute, please don't just walk out these doors. Come up here. Tell somebody on our prayer team, I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. It's a decision that you need to make while you are here on this earth. Because God has given us free will. He doesn't force anything on us because he's love. And love doesn't force anything. He's given us free will to, to choose him or, or deny him. And if you're here and you've never made him the Lord of your life, and you believe that He is the Son of God, you believe He went to the cross for your sins, and you believe He died again. The Word of God says, when you believe that in your heart, you confess that with your mouth, salvation has come. So please, come up here. We would love to stand in in faith with you and pray that prayer with you. Declare that with you, with your words. Declare the power of salvation. We would love to have the opportunity to do that. Amen. And if you need prayer for anything else, please come up. We want to stand in faith with you for whatever you're believing for. Speak God's word over your situation. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, if not, God bless you all. We love you. We'll see you next weekend. Don't forget to register for the all-campus weekend to the service you're going to be coming to. Amen? Amen? Amen.